8.48, Guang Moon, does it need a big revamp? It already went through a revamp. If you look at uh, photos of Guang Moon Square between, say, like the 1970s and where we are at today, uh, it, it is rather different uh, and, and much more pedestrian-friendly, but we're set to take another leap towards that. Let's me, uh, let me just bring in Jim Bully, business and sports editor for Korea, Drunk Daily, who's going to address this theme for us today. Good morning. Good morning. And um, let's get to this quote. It's from Seoul City Government in a statement. We intend to get rid of some structures on the square so that from any point on the square, you will be able to see Gyeongbuk Palace and Mount Bugak or Bugaksan clearly. Our hopes are that it could encourage more large-scale events to be held on the square. So, large-scale events. I mean, large-scale events have uh, taken the form of protests mainly in that area. So, do they do they mean uh, more sort of uh, friendly events? Because I, I guess some of the other events I've seen, if, aside from protests in recent months, have been flea markets and things like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I suspect that that is a, a slight subtle nod to the candlelight protests, which obviously under the current administration are seen as a fantastic thing. But that that quote is just sort of one part of a much longer statement that I pulled out. But that's interesting because we intend to get rid of some structures on the square is mainly talking about buildings that are there or, you know, semi-permanent structures. But it also includes the fact that the statues of King Sejong and Admiral Eason Shin are potentially going to be moved. And that is quite controversial. It is controversial, not because they've always been there, but right. they have very quickly become part of the furniture. Yeah, I mean, the statue of Yi Shin is the older one, and it has been there since the 1960s. So it has been there for, for most of Korea's modern history. Mm-hmm. Um, it was built on the order, um, supposedly, of Park Chung-hee, and Yi Shin was chosen... Um, apparently because he was seen as the person that Japan feared the most among sort of Korean historical figures. And that's why he was very much put there as a statement. The story of it being constructed is quite interesting. You know, this was immediately post-war Korea. Um, Just getting their hands on the metal was such a difficult process that it took months and months to build it, 13 months. It was often delayed because they ran out of metal. In the end, they had to melt down brassware and like leftover shells and things like that to get enough enough metal to build the statue. Wow, that's quite a nice story. Yeah, but even at the, when it was unveiled, it was not that popular with a lot of people uh, because it was seen as historically inaccurate. Why it's holding its sword in its right hand, which is uh, apparently um, a gesture of surrender. I don't know the, okay, the but historical... I, but if you are right-handed, I, I have no <laughs> idea if the Admiral was or not, and you are fighting with a sword at any point, then you are naturally going to hold it in your right hand. Well, the sword itself is also a point of contention because some people argue that it's a Japanese-designed sword and he's wearing Chinese-designed armour. Right. Um, these, were all, I mean, these were all criticisms in the 1960s. And, and honestly, I don't know how... I, I, have you seen any of those... Admiral Yi movies like Roaring Currents was the English title. I didn't catch it personally. I haven't watched the whole thing, but I mean, the the statue in Guangzhou Square looks to me very accurately like how he's always depicted. And what about the uh, the nature of the battles? Did you ever see him with a sword in yeah, any of the depictions? Question. I didn't because it's is is he's a seafaring admiral. Yeah, how, how much? sword work i don't know but the those arguments were enough that in the 1970s the government did actually plan to recreate the statue like they reached the point where they were going to redesign it um but after park chung was assassinated in the late 1970s and the regime regime change that just kind of disappeared then they added kim sejong 
Yeah, and when they added Kim Sejong, they considered getting rid of Eastern Shin or moving him out of Gwangamun Square. There was a plan at the time to move him to Chungmuro, which ties in better with his Korean nickname. The idea was you have Sejong in Sejong, you have, you know, Chungmuro, Chungmuro, like those connections were going to be made, they were going to move him there. Uh, but that again never happened because there was huge opposition to it by the Seoul city government. Chungmuro was our former home at TBS till we moved here to Sangamdong, uh, as a little aside there. Um, now let's get on to this issue of moving the statues first, before we talk about the wider and some of the more political implications here. I'm against it. I think the statues need to stay where they are. And I don't buy this idea that uh, it'll increase the view. I mean, it's like, shall we remove the Eiffel Tower to have a better view of Paris? Well, the thing with... Or Nelson's Column in Trafalgar Square? I guess my problem with this plan, the thing that I find strange about it, is that we're talking about moving the statues such a short distance that it just doesn't seem worth it. Like, they're not leaving Gwangamun's, you know, they would still be there. And what, one of the other things, like, on the wider issue, looking at the blueprint, is that everything's kind of moved to one side. They've extended the pedestrianised area, and it looks very green and beautiful, but you've basically got the lanes of road moving in two ways on one side and a pedestrian area on the other side, and it loses a lot of the symmetry that's there right now. Yeah, so currently, of course, there's traffic on both sides, which, I mean, does kind of mean that you're surrounded by, like, a wall of noise. And cars and have to cross the road to get in there. Yeah, many times. But if you're making underground access even better, then that's less of a problem. Yeah, and this underground access is planned to be pretty considerable if all goes as planned by 2021 there will be a 2.5 mile long underground space stretching all the way from the Gwangamun area to city hall and then across to Dongdaemun now most of that already exists of course mm. you could walk right now from exit 9 of city hall station the furthest point pretty much all the way to Dongdaemun design plaza but now there'll be this large area underneath the square as well of course the other option and I'm sure this is too late to suggest this uh, is put the cars underneath have an underpass and let the whole over Ground be pedestrianized. That would but then of course there's already all that underground infrastructure there. Yeah. So um, you and but, subway so it would have to it would have to work around that. Yeah. So exactly. perhaps it's just not practical. They are reducing the amount of traffic though. So currently there's ten lanes and it'll be down to a total of six lanes and on just on one side. If we're gonna ignore the pedestrianized symmetry that I was referring to before and accept that we're gonna put it on one side or the other, one thing I also didn't particularly like about the blueprint was that the um Pedestrianised area is on the government complex side, and on the Kyobo building side is where the roads are. Yeah, I would rather be able to access from the Kyobo building side, Gwangamun Square. Personally, I do most of my walking. I don't know if it's the same brothers from that side. Yeah, you know, walking from the Myeongdong or Cheonggyecheon area, yeah. just to walk straight onto Gwangamun Square. Uh, to me, that would be more practical than from the other side. I guess the argument is that although you do have the government complex on the I'm going to call it the left side you yeah. know, if you were looking if at you're looking towards the Gang mountain Bukong, yeah um, but but that is also where like the Sejong Center for the Performance Arts and stuff are and those big sort of artistic buildings which then have sort of plazas outside them anyway which naturally would flow into the square whilst mm. on the on the right hand side those are all pretty much office buildings the US embassy on the yeah. whole, on the I mean, left hand side, you have the museums, the Eastern Shin Museum and the um, King Sejong Museum. But there's a lot of foot traffic coming there from, I said, the Myeongdong area yeah, before. Right. But but then again, uh, maybe they've got enough of an incentive to get into Gwangamun from there anyway. And on that side, it encourages us to travel around. Maybe they'll all be underground anyway. <sighs> I can't wait to see. I mean, because underground is where we've 
I think in Seoul got so much going on anyway. Yeah. Uh, and, and we've already got the precedent of how wonderful that can work. But, uh, for example, at uh, Express Bus Terminal, really yeah, impressive yeah, yeah. underground yeah. facilities there. But um, we don't really have time to go into full detail. One of these implications here, though, is that there's too much of a political motive here. But does that really... I mean, even if there are political motives for mayors, that, that, that doesn't necessarily mean a plan is wrong. No, it doesn't. And, and this plan is not... You know, it's been discussed for quite some time. This is more that they've chosen the design. I guess the argument that the Seoul City government have as kind of evidence that it's not political is that this is largely historical. And every mayor wants to lay down their mark and every mayor presumably has some ambition. Jim Bully with this week's quotes. Thank you very much. Thank you.